Sabonis brought it to him. Hey everybody and welcome to All Pacers. It's a podcast by Pacers fans and for Pacers fans. This is Jeremy and I'm joined as always by Jack and not as always, not by Breezy. <laughs> yeah, Breezy's not here. I just wanted to make that really clear for everyone. Yes. I said it as clearly as possible. I couldn't say it any better, so yeah, sure. Well, thank you very much. How are you doing today, Jack? Good. Um, big news day for the Pacers. Very big news so, day. So yeah, I'm doing great. It's uh, I don't want to blow it too much but there was a big move today in the Pacers organization and we'll talk about that shortly well you say you don't want to blow it but if they're listening to this and they don't know the news they're really unplugged from all other things Pacers and also they you if you're listening to this and you don't know what I'm talking about you probably didn't read the title of this episode also that because <laughs> I'm definitely going to make this super clickbaity and say emergency podcast Bjorkman was fired whoa Bjorkman <laughs> was fired yeah you read it from the title, Jeremy. You're right. I did. The that's, title of the podcast. That's how I figured it out. <laughs> well, we'll get to all that here in just a minute. But first up, uh, we got a stat of the day. Okay. And for the first time ever, I'm filling in for a stat of the oh. day. I've never done this before. Don't make it a normal thing, man. I'll try not to. I'll try this not This is to. Austin's one thing he looks forward to during his week. <laughs> that's possibly very true. <laughs> well, let me ask you, where were you on February 2nd, 1991? Uh... Just the twinkle in my father's eye. I was all of 12 days old. Whoa. So I was at my first ever Pacers game, probably, you know, 12 days later. That way you have some time to acclimate to the new world. Yeah. And then you go to your first Pacers game. Is that game. a movie? 12 days old. 12 days later? 21 days later. Oh. The zombie movie. Gotcha. Yeah. What's 12? What's Is there a 12 movie? I don't know. What's the movie in The Office that Pam thinks she's renting, but instead gets 21 days later and watches it all anyway? Do you know what I'm talking it about? It has to be 27 Dresses or... Something like that. 21 days later. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, if you uh, <laughs> listen back a few episodes ago to our Pacers Playoff Performance Draft podcast, I drafted a player by the name of Michael Williams. Michael spelled wrong. And he was on the front page of Basketball Reference today, our good friends of Basketball Reference. And I wanted to give you this stat from his career high as a pacer. It came, on, as I said, on February 2nd, 1991, against the Seattle Super Supersonics in a Pacers win for once, 106-100. And he had 29 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. Took zero threes in this game as a point guard. Wow. Yeah, Reggie Miller was only one for five from three, so lots of lots of twos in this game. Yeah, Michael Williams was a good player for the Pacers. Uh, I didn't know he played with Reggie, so I'm learning a lot about him these past couple weeks. Well, he played in 90 and 91 for the Pacers. Makes sense. So, of course, he had to have played with Reggie. It makes sense. <laughs> uh, 11 points per game in 90-91, and then 91-92, 15 points per game. Yeah, uh, future Pacer Derek McKee was on that Supersonics team. Oh. And uh, he had a... Rough game, only six points in 38 minutes. Hey, if that's not a Derek McKee stat, then I don't know what is. That's very true. He also had five personal fouls. So six points, five fouls. That's, that is Derek McKee. And hard-nosed defense. Yep. Blue collar right there. You got you love to see it. But, hey, thanks for filling in for the side of the day, Jeremy. I hope I lived up to Breezy. And you, di you didn't. Uh, no, I, you, I never could. It's his thing. He's been doing it for two, almost two years now at this point, so. That's true. Or a year and a half. Whoa. Weird. Uh, but first one he's ever missed. 
Yeah, for sure. He's definitely never missed before. <laughs> and I, I tried in homage to Breezy to look it up five minutes before we started. <laughs> so I, I got that in there too. Amazing. All right, let's talk about Nate Bjorkman getting fired today. All right, we'll just jump right into it. Then. Let's do it. So Nate Bjorkman was fired today. Yeah. Thoughts? I mean, we expected this. Yeah. That was my first reaction. It was just, I w- for me, it was a matter of time. I talked to some other people who thought they should probably maybe give him another year, but I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, what were your initial reactions? Same. Like, we've been expecting this. Uh, it seems a little late for me uh, from what we totally had expected before, where when the, the Bleach Report article first came out, it's like, well, he's going to be gone by tomorrow morning. Or That's when right. You thought he was going to be gone a yeah. while ago. Or when Greg Foster and Goga, I think that actually happened before, when Greg Foster and Goga Batadze uh, got fighting on the sideline, it's like, all right, well, they've lost the locker room probably at this point, which is everything we were hearing was that mm-hmm. the locker room was lost at that point. It's like, well, we'll probably wake up. He'll be fired then. He wasn't. Then the Bleach Report article came out. He wasn't fired the next day like I expected. And uh, when... The Pacers got blown out by the Wizards in the playing game. I thought we might not see him <laughs> the next day there, too. So, I mean, it, hey, fourth time's a charm, right? Yeah. But I never you. predicted this one. <laughs> for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I hate to see – I mean, you never like to see someone get fired. Um, no, definitely not. Yeah, and it's especially tough because we had Nate McMillan last year or however many, like five or six years, I think, before that. I, I don't remember the exact amount of time he was there, but um, we let him go, and then we hired this new coach, which we were all excited about, and then within a year, he's gone. So we're moving on to the next one, and hopefully we can get it right this time. We'll see. Yeah, and there, there was a couple things that uh, Kevin Pritchard said in his press conference today about that. He he said that Bjorken was really beating himself up after they let him go. Like He obviously knows he had a real opportunity here and he let it get away from him a little bit and they were all disappointed to see him go, but they knew this was the right choice. And Kevin Pritchard also made very clear that it was, he, he had consulted with uh, Donnie Walsh weirdly enough, cause he retired midway through the season Yeah, and uh, Herb Simons, Herb Simons. Uh, <laughs> so he did consult with other members of leadership and past leadership. And, but he made very plain that the p- decision was his he wanted everyone to know that it was it was on him. He knew that they needed to do better in this upcoming coaching search because they obviously let everybody down last year, and he felt pretty bad for Brooklyn. Yeah, if they listened to our podcast, they would have known who the best coaching candidates were. We could have talked them through that and uh, wouldn't have to go through this mess. But I I also want to add Pritchard said in his press conference too, or he alluded to the locker room being healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's just saying that to. Well, you he know, said, to be clear, he said leverage. there was no one individually, like everyone individually, he was he he was fine with, like how everything went, went on. But he definitely was leaving some space open to sort of allude to like all together as a group. Maybe they could have done more. Uh, I saw a tweet from from someone either. I think either J. Michael or Mark Monteith that said, I think it was Jay Michael that he'd gone into the locker room four times after games this season to lay into the team because of how terribly they were performing and which you never hear stories like that from yeah. the GM. And also uh, that, Oh shoot. What was I going to say? He did something else too. What were you talking about? Well, I said that part? What, what I was going to say is he was asking for someone to step up from the team. Is that yeah. what you're going to say? 
Right. Um, in, the, and, in the exit interviews. Yeah. He said he's which, never been harder on players in exit interviews yeah, right. because no one is stepping up in the locker room to take the reins. Which, when you hear that, what do you think? Because for me, I think this is a shot at Malcolm Brogdon. Um, it's a shot at everybody. Yeah, but I think the person who should take it the hardest is Malcolm Brogdon. I, he's I, the captain of the team. I agree. Probably Malcolm Brogdon should take this hardest. And that's not a good look for him going forward as a member of the Pacers, I don't think. Like, if your president of basketball operations is saying, we don't have a leader, no one's stepping up, and you're supposed to be the leader, right? then if you're asking me, I could see him getting shopped this offseason by the Pacers. I don't know about that. He's on a really build uh, around Karis LeVert. Go get CJ McCollum or something. On, he's on a real team friendly contract. That's true, but well, we'll get to all that here in just a minute. But I, I okay, let me clean something up. I said it's a shot at everybody that he was saying we don't have a leader. There's like there's probably like five guys on the team that like no, you're not going to be the leader of this team. <laughs> like right. if you're a young player, or or uh, like TJ McConnell, you can you can be a leader. You're not the leader. Well, I mean, I bet he took it personally. I'm sure he did. I don't think uh, Cassius Stanley took it personally. No, definitely I, not. I doubt Goga took it personally. And right. Unless Greg Foster said something to him, then he <laughs> yeah. probably did take it personally. He tried to fight him <laughs> there. But I, and to be fair, like for a guy like Brogdon, who is often so soft-spoken, like that, that kind of thing can be pretty difficult to be out there and be a vocal leader. But if you want to be the type of person he wants to be in the NBA, well, if he wants to be that type of person, like – you've got to open yourself up and go to that next level and try and reach that. Yeah, definitely. And look, I don't know what's going to happen this off season. Pritchard did say he does like this team when we get TJ Warren back and Karis LeVert into the system a little longer. So it's probably going to be kind of a tame off season, but well, we'll see. We'll see. That's, it just feels like there's a lot of teams that want the Pacers players right now. A lot of the Pacers players. Mm-hmm. And I think, the Pacers are going to listen to them at least. And hey, if there's a really good offer, if someone is just getting ridiculous and like sending the bag to get a Pacers player, then yeah, we might see some moves. And I think we're going to see a lot of people reaching out this offseason to the Pacers. Yeah, there, there's another uh, J. Michael tweet. These are all tweets coming from his article in Indy Star today, by the way, that he said that Kevin Pritchard was open to the idea of blowing it up this offseason but that Simons is not on board, which isn't surprising no, at all. No, of from course Simons. he's not on board. But it's going to depend on the coach, what they want to do moving forward, and we'll see if Kevin Pritchard can convince him to make some changes. I think they'll make changes either way. It just depends on the degree of changes made. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, I mean, do you want to talk about who the next coaches could be, potentially? Well, real quick, before we move on to there, um, a couple – more closing Bjorkman thoughts. I saw today, um, this is the one that Mark Monteith did tweet. It was that the uh, organization expected him to sign Jeff Hornacek as a bench coach, an assistant coach, uh, to help him navigate being a first-year head coach. And for some reason, that fell through. And reading that, I'm like, how helpful would that have been for this <laughs> guy? Have To have a guy with that kind of experience on his bench to help yeah. him out. Like th- this could have been completely different if they could have figured that out. I don't know how that they let that fall yeah, through. And it's not like Jeff Hornacek is the only guy that could have hired in that situation either. Right. You know? There's plenty of guys like the point of the tweet was like, how <laughs> looking back, how did you not have a former head coach on that staff yeah. to help him out? And then look at all the success the nets are having because they got a former head coach to help Steve Nash out. I mean, the the only reason they're having success right now in Brooklyn. I mean, you're you're exaggerating, but I'm sure having D'Antoni around. Well, 
that that's a whole nother thing because like their relation that that relationship goes back 20 years yeah they've known each other and nash played for him like that long ago so that's that's a whole other level of having a former head coach on your bench but just having anybody on that bench probably could have helped and on then also the obvious one losing dan burke in the offseason obviously the article in towards the end of the season kind of mentioned that perhaps he left because of the Bjorken hiring don't know to know for no way to know for sure but not having him around definitely hurt the defense of the team and I've seen a lot of people saying today uh let's get Dan Burke back which (laughs) I would love that'd be cool but we'll see if it actually happens I don't know man if they win a championship yep we he could be a head coaching candidate you never know never know hey uh Nate McMillan versus Dan Burke matchup we we i think briefly talked about it real quick at one point but yeah yeah kind of kind of terrible to see as a pacers fan true yeah dan burke what could have been dan burke won round two though so he figured him out he did um and real quick before we move on um how are you feeling about nate mcmillan right now in the pacers fine you're still fine yeah i don't care you're not regretting it at all no how many chances are you gonna give a guy you know yeah, but I mean, he's doing this with Trey Young, so maybe it was just the health of the Pacers organization. Well, I mean, there's no way to know, and there's no reason. The Pacers to, there's no, there's no reason for me to look back and feel bad about that happening, when at the time the consensus was this is the right move. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah. in hindsight, it was the wrong move. I mean, there's <laughs> you can't say that yet. Why? We just lost our coach. We fired him for because there's no way to know if McMillan would have been any better this year than Bjorken was. Yeah, I guess so, but yeah, you, I guess you're right. I mean, look, you're at, not you're so you're saying the Pacers would not have finished fourth in the East and been against <laughs> the Sixers right now. I'm saying, look at the team he took over and the caliber of players that he have that are all healthy compared to what the Pacers were this year. Yeah, it's not it's not a fair comparison. Well, do you think T.J. Warren would have got surgery if Nate McMillan was there? I mean, probably because he needed. We don't it. know if that's true. We don't know <laughs> if that's true. But uh, do you want to talk about coaches now? Yeah, we can talk about some coaches. Okay, because I wrote down. 10 i mean 12 names all right that i've heard or that i've thought about or that is just ridiculous okay so um first of all like there there's a few obvious names that we can talk about here that we've heard uh be thrown out the first of which well hang on oh okay let me read you another pritchard quote and we'll see if this changes your list at all i wanted to take a risk maybe a lower floor and higher ceiling Maybe this year we look at something a little different. I have something in mind, but I don't want to quite come forward with that yet. Yeah. So Also, he kept bringing up defense and wanting to be a lunch pail team, which I don't like that he kept calling us a lunch pail team. I don't want to be that. Well, it's the defensive era of the NBA, you know. It's all about defense now in the NBA. To be fair, he, <laughs> he, made, he made clear, he, he uh, brought up that almost all the teams remaining or maybe all of the teams remaining in the playoffs right now are – top 10 in both offense and defensive rating so he'd made clear that yes he understands that you have to be really successful offensively in today's nba but he pointed back to this past season and how terrible we were on defense all year and he wants he wants to really fix that yeah so there is one name of a coach that i think he's taught or i think i have an idea of a coach that he's thinking of Mm -hmm. um but he's not a coaching candidate at the moment well technically no one is okay why because they, unless they're doing something, some secret behind the back, the behind the curtain stuff, we have no idea. 
for sure. Oh, okay, for, for sure. sure who any who they're talking to. Okay, but uh, the guy that I'm thinking of isn't available to be a coach at the moment. Is oh. what I'm talking about. Okay, gotcha. Most of these people are available to be the coach at the moment. All right. Well, yeah, a good amount of them. But I'm just going to read some of these names. I mean, the obvious ones that we've heard: Terry Stotts. First thoughts. Uh, first thoughts. If Pritchard really wants to be better defensively they've been 28th and 29th in defensive rating the last two years so that's going to really hold counter counter argument to that damian lillard siege mccollum both six foot tall starting the backcourt and then their backup big men are carmelo anthony and uh uh what's his name Cantor, enos Cantor. yeah these are all very fair points yes (laughs) because those are four of the worst defenders in the nba for sure (laughs) carmelo and uh Cantor. Cantor, I can't think of his name today. Uh, Carmelo and Cantor are probably two of the bottom five defenders in the league right now. Yeah, Cantor might be last for the amount of minutes he plays. I'll tell you what, though. That is some fun basketball to watch when Cantor and Carmelo are in there (laughs) playing defense together. (laughs) Um, I remember texting you guys during the season like, guys, this might be the worst defensive team I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) But, okay, so I don't know how good of a defensive coach Terry Stotts is. Yeah, I mean, that's tough because – he might be a guy that delegates it to his assistant coaches. I haven't read anything about him that would lead me to believe he's one way or the other, so I, I don't know. Yeah, and I also am not so sure how good of a coach he is either. That's one of those things where, like, he's had a really super talented player and just never been able to make it over the hump. But think about what you just said. Huh. He has one really super talented player. Yeah. So like, well, it depends the, how you describe CJ McCollum I mean, too. He, so he's got a sidekick in CJ McCollum, but yeah. he's not he's not nearly on the same level as Lillard. Yeah, and all the rest of the guys they have all the time aren't anywhere near the those other two or healthy. Yeah, so the fact that he's getting him in the playoffs as like like six seeds or whatever in the, in the West, like that's impressive on yeah, its own. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't want him as our coach though, to be honest. I wouldn't mind it. Okay, but I'm not saying I'm rooting for it. Mike D'Antoni. I I I don't th- I think the Nets are going to be in the finals and we're going to try and get our coach in before they're done. Okay. So we I don't know if we get a, even get a chance to talk to him. Okay. If we don't get a coach before the end of the championship, which the Nets will probably win in four. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Do you like the prospect of Mike D'Antoni is the next Pacers. Head yeah, coach. I was on board with that last year. And the other side of him being in the finals this year is they have all the uh, interviews from last year still. So they have all they have all the numbers and everything and all the conversations with these guys written down and available to him still. So they wouldn't necessarily need to do a whole big interview process once again. So, yeah, I, I would still be on board with him being coach, even though less so than last year because he's a year older. He's already a pretty old guy. 70. Yeah. So don't know how much longer he may just want to sit on that bench in, in Brooklyn for the rest of his career. Coast to some championships. Be, yeah, if they're going to be this successful. Yeah. Um, if I was the Pacers, I'd throw out everything that I did last year for interviewing coaches and just start <laughs> over because clearly it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, C- Pritchard said they're going to look at it in different ways this year. Yes, he did. And um, I hope they do because, like I said, clearly it didn't work. All right. Next name that I have here. I want to do this right. So Brian Shaw, about 15 minutes ago, Brian Shaw's name was thrown out there, former Pacers assistant. Do you have any thoughts on Brian Shaw? No, and I was looking. I didn't, I still haven't seen anything about Brian Shaw. I don't know who had that. Uh, Jay Michael. It was on – uh, what is it? Did you confuse Brian Shaw and – Hoops hype. And uh, 
Mike Budenholzer. So Jay Michael said, um, former Pacers assistant Brian Shaw, 14-year NBA veteran and head coach of G League Ignite, is expected to be a serious content candidate too. This was from Jay Michael at Indianapolis Star. So it was probably sorry, it was probably from Indy Star. But yeah. I don't know why Jay Michael wouldn't have tweeted that. I haven't seen it. He either. only tweeted the Budenholzer thing. So maybe Jay Michael just reached out to hoopshype.com and said, "Hey, I'm going to tweet this." Well, it's behind a paywall, and I refuse to pay for Indie <laughs> Star paywall, so I'm not going to see that. Uh, real quick, a quick aside. I don't know if you have Budenholzer on that list, but how would you feel about Budenholzer? Oh, that was the name. That's the guy I think Pritchard was kind of alluding to. Oh, okay. I think he's waiting for Budenholzer. I'm not. I'm not joking about that. I don't. I look. If the Bucks get swept right now by the Nets, they're down 2-0 when we're recording this. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Coach Bud comes back. I think they have to appease Giannis in some way. And For sure. Making moves is how you do that, and it probably starts with Coach Bud. So I think Mike Budenholzer has a real shot to be the next Pacers head coach if he loses his job in Milwaukee. I think you're right. And people will point to Milwaukee's failures in the playoffs these past couple years, but you have to remember against the Heat last year, Giannis missed a game and was hurt the whole time, and they didn't really have a good roster to play against that team, even with Giannis in. And then all the moves they made this year and all the changes they made were to beat the Heat. They did that. They swept them. And then they saw the most unstoppable team in the playoffs this year, and they look a little lost. But yeah. their whole their whole team is keyed to beat the Heat, and the Heat were bad, and they didn't have to play them. Right. In a later round, they ended up facing them in the first round. So I don't really hold that against them too much. Still, I mean, don't get swept by the Nets. Right. That's a, that's a big deal. So they're going home for their next two games. We'll see. We'll we'll see if they can pull out some wins against the Nets. Yeah. But and also remember, everyone needs to remember like what he did with those Hawks teams. Like he took that he turned that team around completely. And well, he didn't turn the team around completely. Um, Mike Woodson turned it around, and then he took it to the next that's level. Funny. Got him to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then much like the Pacers, they lost to LeBron. Yeah. So, are you saying Bud might be the next Hoosiers head coach then? If Mike Woodson is usually before Coach Bud. Yeah, that's that's okay. it falls right in line. So next Hoosiers coach, yeah. Mike Wedenhalzer. All right, um, I did have him number two. I was going to skip his name and bring it up at the end. Okay. But well, sorry you, I ruined it for you. No, it's okay. I, I didn't know if you thought about him at all yet. Um, Steve Clifford. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel Whatever. the same way. I, Orlando just fired him. Well, he never got any help. Like he, he never got. He's never gotten help. Yeah, he had he had Vooch all those years, and Aaron Gordon hurt all the time. And it turns out Vooch is just a good role player. Or maybe... Steve Clifford can unlock that type of European big man and the Pacers can bring him in and he'll take Demonis Sabonis to an even higher level there's (laughs) so you're you're trying to tell me that Vucevic is a better player than Sabonis no to your point when when Vucevic was in Orlando he was great right yeah okay now well that's where we kind of disagree but you you have him like completely falling off a cliff in Chicago well, right. I, you know how I feel about Chicago's basketball team. So you're, to, in your view, once he left <laughs> Steve Clifford, he became a bad basketball player. Yeah, I, I was surprised when he made all-star games, Vucevic. Which is a bad take by you. <laughs> Just eye test alone, I, I never saw Vucevic as an all-star. But if Steve Clifford can make – all right, even better. If Steve Clifford can make worst player in the you're league right. 
according to you, Nikola Vucevic, an all-star. Imagine what he can do with already an all-star Demata Sabonis. You know what? I never said he's the worst player, but you said it with such authority. I'm just going to go with well, it. Well, you said it. You put the words <laughs> in my mouth. Um, anyway, so just notice Steve Clifford. Yeah, that's not very exciting. Yeah, it's I'll not say exciting. That. He hasn't had exciting teams, so who not knows how good of a coach he is. Yeah. Because, I mean, he has had some success with bad teams. He had Kimba and Charlotte. True. And started Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Jeremy Lamb and then went to Orlando and didn't well, have much of a better situation. To be fair, starting Michael Kidd Gilchrist should have got him banned from the league. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right, next I have Jason Kidd. Yeah, also not very exciting. And I don't think there's a possibility if he turned down Portland's job. Yeah, he's a guy. Well, he I don't think that he uh, said he's not going to go there. That's, I'm saying if he turned down Portland, then why would you want to go to Indiana? Well, it's a different circumstance. He didn't he didn't like that Lillard pushed for him so much. Okay. So he said he was going to take his name away from consideration. Interesting. Because he didn't want to he didn't want there to be some weird pyre, uh, power dynamic. Which I completely agree with him. Like, oh, that's smart. He yeah. doesn't want people to think like, oh, Lillard got him there. Lillard, Lillard got him this job. Now Lillard can do whatever he wants because he got him the job, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. So that's that's why he pulled out so of that. So Lillard was being a dumb dumb. <clears throat> Maybe just a little too excited for Kidd. Also, I don't know why you'd want Jason yeah, Kidd. Yeah, I, I agree. Don't, <laughs> I don't think he's ever been that good of a coach. Like He was not good at all with the Remember Bucks. he had his one player bump into him to spill the tea onto the court yeah. so he could have a timeout. That was his best coaching moment. <laughs> But he's tied to all these teams, and I just don't get it. I really don't. I really like the idea of a former point guard in the NBA who was a superstar and like knows how to play basketball and how to it knows just in general knows basketball. Okay, it doesn't always work. So who's next on your list then? Well, Chauncey Billups is next on my there list. There it is. Yes, but that's why I'm kind of interested in Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups too. I don't know if Chauncey like I think most fans are over the malice at the palace. Yeah, I don't know if Chauncey Billups would be welcomed in the same way. I I have I think he would. I I would welcome him. I wouldn't even think about well, it. But so last year, Chauncey's name got uh, passed around a little bit for the Pacers' job. We were all really on it. We yes. we were in on Chauncey Billups last year. Now his name's getting passed around for all the jobs. Yes. So we'll be lower down on the totem pole probably for him. I've seen him linked with Portland. I hope, and Boston. I think he's going to be Portland's coach. I hope that Chauncey Billups listens to this podcast and has been a listener because he'll know that the Pacers have always supported Chauncey Billups. Right. For at least almost a year. Yeah. But no longer than that. Yeah. But always. Um, all right. This next one. Are you ready for this? I am ready. All right. It's not crazy. Okay. Mark Jackson. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but Pacers ties a good coach. Does he have any coaching philosophy besides hand down, man down? Um, was his idea to do the elevator door play for Steph Curry? Uh, or was, do you think that was a... I think that's a Kerr thing. Okay. Well, then, yeah. So, hands down, man down. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll say no to that. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind Mark Jackson. He's not my first pacer that I choose that's on this list. And all it's right. coming up. Um, and you could probably guess who it is. <laughs> No, it's probably your second guess. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, I I just have to bring this name up. Becky Hammond. Hey, if you're listening, Becky, we want you to be our coach. Yeah. We want you to be our coach. So, obviously, with Pritchard's comments today, someone like Becky Hammond or Chauncey Billups maybe be 
maybe a little bit less likely just because they don't have the head coaching experience. Yeah. But, like, look at the bench Becky Hammond's been sitting on. Like, no offense to Nick Nurse, but coaching with Pop is not coaching with Nick Nurse. Like, those are two very different things. <laughs> and Becky Hammond's been with Pop for a long time. She obviously knows the game really well. And technically, she has been a head coach. She steps in and coaches for him when he has to miss games. Yeah. So, with it's different with her and with Chauncey. Chauncey being a former player than it was with Nate Bjorkman. So, maybe that'll be considered... But I, I would love for either of those people to get the coaching job. Did we do the Popovich coaching tree on this podcast a couple weeks ago? I can't remember if we did. No. Or did we just do that for fun on our own? Maybe. I don't remember when we did it. I'm just going to read a few of the names real quick. The Popovich coaching tree. Okay. Doc Rivers. Yep. Rich Show. I'm just going in order. It's not my best. Uh, Dell Demps to Monty Williams. Danny Ferry to Mike Budenholzer. I think Budenholzer was on Pop's bench. I don't know why. There's an arrow from Danny Ferry. But maybe I'm wrong. Kevin Pritchard. Dennis Lindsay, Brett Brown, Rob Hennigan, Jock Vaughn, uh, best friend of friend of the pod, Scott Pollard. Yep. Jock Vaughn. Uh, Mike Brown, Sam Presti. Yeah. So a lot of good names there. A lot of success. So and give so yeah, Becky doesn't have the experience per se, but but also she's ready. Kevin Pritchard's personal relationship with some people in the Toronto organization was a big reason why Bjorken got hired, and he has a personal rela- relationship with Pop. Yes. So maybe that factors into it let me add a few more names too um quinn snyder steve kerr and that's the other names that i have not a few <laughs> a couple so oh vinnie del negro hey great name once a hoosier always a hoosier so yeah a lot of good coaches in there um so yeah becky may not have the experience that kevin pritchard's alluding to but man she can coach she's ready to be the head coach of the indiana pacers and i'm just assuming she can coach all right Next, uh, I threw this in because I saw the Celtics are looking at her. Kara Lawson, Duke's oh yeah head coach uh, for women's basketball. She was an assistant for Boston, took the Duke job this year, and now Boston's looking at her again. I doubt she would ever leave Duke for well, Indiana. Here's the thing. They didn't play last year, so we've never oh. seen her as a head coach, right? I would have never known that. Yeah, they okay. the Duke women's team sat the whole season. Okay. So I... Like, she's not leaving. I'm sure I'm sure she's a great coach. I've never actually seen her coach. I don't know anything about her, though. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to cross her name off because I didn't even realize she's never coached for him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, I have... And that wasn't that wasn't her decision. That was a team decision. The right. team said, hey, we, we're not going to play. Yes. Which is a lot, a lot more teams should have done in <laughs> college last year. I mean, look, if, te- if, you th- if you hear that teams might sit out and you're like, well, our team's pretty good. Maybe we should try to win the championship and then go for it. Then, hey, I mean, that might have been the right decision. On the other hand, I think no one should have played last year <laughs> in any sport. Oh, my gosh, dude. No way. All right. Uh, next, this is my 11th on the list. Right. I have Reggie Miller. That's a weird one. Let's bring him in. He just won an Emmy uh, for best, what, best single sport game event uh, broadcast for the All-Star game. All right. And, like, yeah, it's nothing big, but he gets an Emmy. He gets to put it on his shelf. Has he accomplished all he can in in broadcasting? Why not test your skills as an NBA head coach? To answer, yes, he probably has accomplished everything <laughs> he can in broadcasting. A Wendy's commercial. And, and in commercials, too. Yes. That's a lot of success. Is he ready for the next stage in his career? Do you think he could be a good coach, though? Yes. I'm not sure he has the personality for it. 
I think he wants to be a likable guy too much. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not sure that works in the locker room. Was Bjorkgren likable? No. Hey, then maybe we need a likable coach, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just. I don't want to. I feel like Reggie would come in and want to be friends with everybody. And yeah. You, you can't be your players' friends. All right. All right. All right. Agree to disagree. Reggie's number one on my list now, ahead of Becky Hammond. All right. And number twelve. This guy might be looking to use his current experience as a stepping stone to his next experience. I'm going to go Rick Pitino. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Jeremy's beloved Rick Pitino. No way. Where's he at right now? Iona? Yeah. Could his next move be a move back to the NBA? He was once Boston Celtics head coach. Could he be the future Pacers head coach? No, he just got them back to the tournament for the first time. He's real happy there. I don't think he's moving on. All right, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Rick Pitino's third on my list. Hey, uh, also, speaking of Louisville, real quick, look out if you're a – Jack, are you a big fan of the, the basketball tournament, TBT? No, just if there's, like, former NBA players, I'm always interested. But Louisville has a team for the first time this year. Super okay. excited. Oh, well, you're so hyped. Coached by Luke Hancock. If Francisco Garcia is not in – you didn't even let me finish. Okay. Coached by Luke Hancock and former walk-on Keith Otto. How great is that? I don't know Keith Otto, you, but... You shouldn't know him because he, he wasn't anybody. Did Luke Hancock play for Louisville? Because I think 2013 never existed for Louisville. It did. They're called three-time champs, and I love that so much because they're sticking it to the NCAA with that name. Amazing. Um, So who's on the team? Have they announced it yet? Why is he coaching? Is he not playing? No, he's not playing. There, there's a few. There's some okay guys. Okay. Uh, to make some jokes that I've made already, uh, Shane Behannon got kicked out of Louisville's program because he couldn't stop smoking weed, and now yeah. he can smoke weed and play all he wants. It's yes. Perfect. <laughs> uh, here's a joke from my brother Jacob. If any of you guys know who Wayne Blackshear is, he would, Probably not. He had tons of potential for Louisville, never reached it, and Jacob said, I can't wait to be disappointed by Wayne again, <laughs> which okay. is, if you're a Louisville fan, you understand how hilarious that is, and these jokes are just for you. Jeremy, it sounds like this joke's just for you. Well, I'm really hoping Russ Smith gets on the team. Uh, he holds Chinese League records. He may be the best player in the TBT if he... And it doesn't make sense that he was never able to really break into the NBA on a, in a real way. Size. Well, that's that's the thing, but like the way he can pl- handle the ball and score... like. Think if he if he got into the league today, he would play. Yeah, like he'd be a player in because he could just shoot it from anywhere. We don't know his character either, though. You know, he's a good guy. He followed he me on Twitter. Oh, out of nowhere. Oh, dude, that's cool. He follows everybody though. So oh, it's who, not, did, who did he follow? You or all Pacers? Just me. Oh, okay. this is a long time ago. <laughs> wow, he's such a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's is no that how you judge if people are good if they follow you. I mean, he's a nice guy. I met him once. So I followed you on Twitter. Way back when, True. What, what would you, if you describe me, I mean, yeah, I don't have the same Chinese accolades as Russ Smith. You're no Russ Smith. Am I a good guy? You're no Russ Smith. <laughs> Man, I might have to unfollow you on Twitter. Well, follow me again right after. We'll see how it goes. Okay, we'll see. Um, so that's that's the twelve names that I had. Am I missing anybody? Yeah, some notable omissions from you. What, okay. How'd you feel about Kenny Atkinson? Uh, I like Kenny Atkinson, and he he likes Karis Levert. Yeah, it's true. I think that would be a pretty good fit. I don't know if Karis LeVert was ready for him to not be the coach anymore or if he had a say in that. I doubt it. I bet it was a lot of Kyrie and KD. But I guarantee it was all Kyrie. Yeah, for sure, right? And just cut it right there. I, KD had a say. KD had a say. Uh, another notable omission, Lloyd Pierce. Okay. 
but he, he's not a good coach, right? No, he was doing good things. But he's been outcoached by Nate McMillan. Well, Nate McMillan got the team healthy again. Okay. <laughs> so they were all hurt the whole time Lloyd was there at the beginning of the season. And I'm sure they had they had some numbers tied to his to uh, his situation there. So if all his players are hurt and he can't hit the numbers, they're going to let him go, and they did. Yeah. But that's not his fault. It was the same same thing this year. Pretty okay. Much. Follow up. Do you really want a guy named Lloyd as a head coach? Yes. Okay. Well, we see it differently then. Because <laughs> I would love a Lloyd. Just to hear what you said. There's not enough Lloyds. Yeah, okay. I think there's enough Lloyds already. If you're listening, don't name your kid Lloyd. If you have, a, if your name's Lloyd or you have a kid named Lloyd, that's awesome. Just no more, okay? <laughs> don't name your next kid Lloyd. You call him the Llama. I guess. Because of the double L. Yeah. Is that why that one guy Llama is Llama that we know? I don't know him. No, his last name is La Llama. Oh. So people just call him Llama? Llama. Because it's short for Lalama. Oh, okay. That's a very specific reference, even more specific to my than my Louisville jokes. So don't get on me. You don't think there's more people who know Llama here than are Louisville fans? <laughs> I don't know. That it might be crazy. We'll uh, have to wait and find out. All right. Are those all the names you have? Do you have anyone else? Uh, that's really all the names I have. Frank yeah. Vogel is Jason Kidd staying in L.A. and not going to Portland. Him saying that he knows he's going to be the next Lakers coach. Is Frank Vogel available again? I doubt it. I imagine he'll be back with the Lakers next year. Although, did you see LeBron is changing his number? Yes. Going back to six. So maybe that'll open things up for him. He'll yeah. have a little bit of a better season. Next so that'll year. be the second time he switched to six. Could he be switching to six one more time in his career? I hope not. You think he'll go from 23 to six again? If he goes no, to like, six again, eventually that's three sixes, Jeremy. Is, oh. Is that your hero, LeBron? So you're saying if he does it, you want him to do it again so you can say LeBron is the devil confirmed, aren't you? <laughs> or has made a deal. I don't want it to happen. I, I'm, I always support. Okay. No, let me, let, me, can, let me think about what I'm going to say. I'm not a LeBron fan as a Pacers fan. As an NBA fan and as a fan of this era of the NBA, I'll always root for LeBron as the GOAT. I don't agree with it. <laughs> But I'll always root for him as the goat, just so I can say that we experienced the goat. All right, here's a couple other names here that you can consider. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Uh, Ime Udoka. Oh yeah, yeah. He's on the pop coaching tree, currently an assistant in Brooklyn. He's. Out I'm there. surprised he hasn't had a head coaching job yet. He's a guy that falls in that category of they're not probably not going to hire another guy like this right now. Yeah. Uh, what about Dave Yeager? He was the name we threw around last uh, year. Sure. Sure. Very, very confident response from you. <laughs> uh, Darvin Ham. Uh, love it. Love the name. I'm in. You love the name? <laughs> what What about him as a coach? Do you I don't know, know who Darvin Ham is? I've heard the name before. I, but he's no. on the he's on the Bucks staff. I think you have to at least get an interview if that's your name. Yeah. Do you know he's a former Pacer? No. That's unbelievable. I'm learning so many new Pacers that I've never heard of. I've looked through every single one of the Pacers teams. He scored three points in one game in the 96-97 season. Okay. that's so, That might be why I don't know. There you go. So he's out there. Another guy probably not might not get a look if they're really moving to a more experienced guy. Uh, another name that was thrown around last year, Dan Craig, uh, Heat staff. He He was big up on our list last year. Probably once again, if you're if you're not hiring a 
guy with no head coach experience, he's probably not getting in. Which leads me to the last one from this article in the Indy Star. Brett Brown. Oh, No way, right? He's you, the worst coach. You can't. He's the worst coach I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm not joking about this. No, I mean, and people will say, oh, but they were telling him to tank. But then you have to look at what happened after they said, hey, now start trying. And they were just almost as bad still. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'm out on Brett Brown, too. I can't believe he made this list. You have to be out. Okay, so here's a few guys who are uh, old in the NBA who could retire this year. Let's see if any of them could be coaches next year. Um, George Hill, could he be the Pacers' next head coach? Could he retire this season to be the Pacers' next head coach? No. Udonis Haslam? No. Uh, Anderson Verjao? If you think Udonis Haslam <laughs> is moving out of Miami any time in his entire life, you are insane. Yeah, I I know I started laughing at that. I was laughing that I just read Anderson Verjao. didn't even realize what I was reading. He's in the NBA still. We talked yeah. about this. I completely forgot. Anderson Verjao. Yeah, he's not going to be. Um, Carmelo Anthony, fourth oldest guy in the NBA right now. Could he be the head coach of the Pacers next year? Let me go ahead and answer all these. <laughs> no current players are going to be coaching the Pacers next year. DJ Augustine. Again, no. I answered all these already. Yeah, I'm going to say no to all these two. Dwight Howard's up there in age. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've gone through every single coaching candidate, which means the ones that we haven't mentioned are probably – one of them is probably going to be the next Pacers head coach because I don't think we said a word about Nate Bjorken last year. It was out of left field. Yeah, right? well, it was, and that was part of the surprise. And once again, because uh, Pritchard had those personal relationships with the Toronto guys that really made it – jump into reality and i think that's part of the reason why he's taking so much responsibility for it because he really feels like oh this was literally all on me yeah i mean he has to say that yeah yeah he can't pass this off on anybody else yeah take the blame keep you got your job still you have to have a good off season i'm sure but like you got the job take the blame move on yep you want to talk about any of the other news going on right now for the pacers well, I would if I could think of any. Yeah. I mean, just do you have any? Miles Turner's name's been thrown out a lot. It looks like the Pacers have been kind of hinting that someone's going to get moved this year. And a lot of the, I mean, obviously, we always think Miles Turner's going to be the guy. Yeah. This is going to be the year where some guy gets traded. For yeah. And sure. um, I've seen talk of multiple teams with interest in Miles Turner. Also, seen that of Turner and Sabonis, it's most likely that it will be Turner that gets moved. And well, uh, it's probably going to be the end of Turbonus. We'll probably never see them again. Yeah. And oh, one more thing, real quick, tied to that. Okay. Last year, and the season started light, so it's a little bit different. But even in comparison, it's crazy. They didn't announce Nate Bjorkman until October twentieth. Like that's pretty close to the beginning of the season last year. Yeah. So I th- I really hope they're going to be moving quick. Get a guy in. Before the draft, before the off, before the free agency opens up, so we can make some decisions here with a head coach, and have an idea of what we want the team to be next year. Yeah. Don't wait until all of that's passed and then get a guy in who has to try and match his vision to what the uh, front office's vision was for the off season. Like, don't do that again. Just get it, get a guy in quick. Like, take take your time. Obviously, make the right decision, but make sure we get this moving sooner rather than later yeah definitely um one more thing i just remembered this i meant to bring it up earlier the canada basketball team um just announced their 21 man uh training camp roster and guess who made the 21 man training camp roster who your boy o'shea Brissett. all right he might make the 12 man team i can't find the 21 
uh, invitees right now at the moment, but I was reading through it. I think there's a real chance. There's a lot of good guys on this Canada team. There, yeah, they have. There's some like sneaky NBA players who you wouldn't realize are Canadians, but yeah, I think he has a chance to get in that squad. Yeah, um, Corey Joseph, former Pacer, could uh, make the team as well. R.J. Barrett likely ma- makes the team. For sure. I mean, he'll make. He'll be the star of the team. Likely makes. Kelly Olynyk will be the star of the team. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's the rest of the news. That was the only other, other thing I yeah, looked up really ahead of time. But I mean, there's obviously like. We've, we've talked about a lot of this other stuff, like uh, Pritchard's been doing his press conferences, um, and Brian Shaw's name just got thrown out. So a lot of it is tied to the coaching, obviously, yep. because of the big news that happened yesterday with Nate Bjorkman being fired. Oh, it was today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what is happening? Um, so, yeah. Uh, and what do we have next, Jeremy? Well, up next... Well, I don't know. This isn't on here, so I don't. I don't know if you wanted to do it now. Yeah. Oh, it is on here. It's after this. Uh, NBA playoff catch up. Catch up. Catch up. <laughs> Not catch up. Catch up. Uh, yeah. So my picks to make the finals were the Sixers and the Lakers. Yep. And that's done. I, the Lakers are out. <laughs> Terrible pick. I watched a few <laughs> of those Lakers Suns games. Terrible pick. The so, Lakers are bad. I didn't have a lot for this segment, but I wanted to surprise you with a question. Okay. So who, what, what were your, who's your biggest surprise from the first round? What's your biggest uh, upset from the first round? Um, so biggest surprise from the first round? Or, and, and you can include this round too. Okay. We're a couple games in. First of all, biggest surprise is Nate McMillan made it out of the first round. <laughs> I don't think so. It was against the Knicks who aren't, listen, who really aren't good. Listen back to our... Not not the last podcast with AJ Moye, but the pre- previous one before that one. In it, the series was tied one-one, and I said the Hawks are going to run away with this one. Oh, okay. and they did. Well, they they won four-one. That's running away. It was one-one <laughs> when I said it. I I nailed that. I was right on it. You were. Um, yeah. So I I know you believed the Hawks were uh, gonna win the series. I thought it was gonna be a four-zero sweep from the Knicks, who I just don't think are good, anyways. Well, if. If you had watched those first two games, <laughs> you would have been sitting there saying, "Oh, this Knicks team." Oh, I was surprised immediately after the first. They thing. didn't have it. Yeah, <laughs> they did not have it. I just am going based off history and self-experience. It's Nate McMillan in the first round of the playoffs. I get what you're saying. Yes. I got gotcha. you. There was no hope for this <laughs> Hawks team, and for some reason, it worked out. Man, I I don't know. I don't know what it was. Is the Pacers' problem? I I mean, I I honestly don't even know. It's something's wrong with the Pacers if this is working out for McMillan. Um, I really am surprised at Brooklyn quickly. I'm like Kyrie Irving's move to the fourth most important player on this <laughs> roster with how good Blake Griffin's been. That's crazy. It's crazy. No, it's crazy that you said that. I mean, he's so important. The, the, the truth is with the Nets, they can win without Kyrie and they can win without James Harden. Well, hang on. With Harden out, he's the second most important player. Well, Harden, Harden's, I think, the most important player on that team right now. But he's out, and they just destroyed the Bucks twice. Is what, that exactly what? So I'm how saying. is he the most important player? Be- it, it the point is, it doesn't matter. That team is so good. It <laughs> doesn't matter who's missing. No, no, no. The point is, you're just saying nonsense. <laughs> you're just you're just throwing numbers and names out there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Kevin Durant's the most important player on the Nets. I agree. Followed by James Harden, Kyrie Irving. What are you talking about? There's no way. They just blew out the Bucks by 40 without Harden. They don't need him. Oh, my God. They don't need Kyrie. Well, yeah, if you switch him, then I'd be saying the same thing about Harden. Okay, okay. Then 
that's so crazy that you just said Kyrie's the second most important player. But with the that. stats we have, with the with the point of <laughs> reference we have right now, you have to say Kyrie is more important than Harden. No, that's Harden's not, not playing. true at Harden, all. Look, if a guy's not playing, he can't be important. Okay, but okay, sure. <laughs> a guy's not playing. They're dominating teams, and it, so he's not that important. Obviously, the point is Blake Griffin has just been playing really well. Well, you said. Kyrie was below him, and I think we just agree that he's the fourth most important. Player I on the agree team. that Blake Griffin is the third most player, most important player That's on the Nets. Crazy. I am just saying, I think what he brings is unique, and I don't think, uh, and I think Kyrie's production can be replicated and covered if he's out. Is all I'm saying. Is Kyrie an important player? Yeah, if he's on any other team, he's the most important or the second most important player on any other team. But they have so many pieces, and they're so loaded right now. But don't you see what I'm saying about Harden? You can't say Kyrie's the fourth most important player if your most important player is out and Kyrie's doing what he needs to be doing. Yeah. He's taking his spot. But it's not like he was the only one doing it. KD was there. Yeah, and he's the first most important player on the team. Yes. So now Harden is gone. You take him out of the equation. Kyrie goes into that spot. He's now the second I most important player. I get what you're player. trying to argue. You're never going to convince me this. I understand that because <laughs> you pick a position and then no one will ever convince you otherwise there's no way you can't convince me man (laughs) and it's not about facts it's about you being jack brown (laughs) yes exactly um i thought the clippers this is second round because utah are up 1-0 i thought the clippers were going to run away with this series looks like the utah got the first punch we'll see how this all shakes out yeah i'm not going to be reactionary to all this um brooklyn just whooping up on the bucks and being up 2-0 right now is insane milwaukee can obviously turn it around they have the next two home games but I mean, that's looking at the rest of the playoffs. It's it's like wow, Brooklyn might be the team that's gonna win. Like it might not even be a competition at this point. I mean, it's not, I don't even think you can say might. Like Brooklyn's probably the team that's gonna win it all here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Denver's done pretty good, but they just beat Portland, so they're getting a real test in Phoenix. Phoenix is up one zero right now. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Phoenix looks really good too. Yeah, Phoenix looks really good. I think. Uh, the Nuggets' lack of guard play is going to catch up to them in this You're season. not a big Facundo Composo fan? I, well, like we were saying earlier about Lillard's and McCollum's defense, like now you've got guys like Booker and Paul out there. Like Paul's not spectacular defensively, but he can still get out there and get at it. Like he's going to try. Yeah. So All it makes right. it tougher. Yeah, so uh, we'll see who wins. It's not going to be the Pacers this year. True. Un- unless something crazy happens. <laughs> Let me run you through a scenario. I'm just playing. I don't have anything. Yeah, uh, it's not the Pacers' year, unfortunately. We've known that for <laughs> quite some time. We know that Washington was way better than the Pacers, and they lost four-one to the Sixers. So, I mean, it was going to be. It probably would have been a sweep first round if we made it out of the play-in. And uh, I guess we just got our off-season started a little earlier this time. Yep. Which I guess was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Any, do you have any thoughts on the playoffs before we move on? Yeah, I mean, not really. Um, it's been fun to watch. It's been exciting. So I hope it stays that way. I hope we, hopefully, the series can all stay tight now, like tight series. Don't like blowouts. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can make some more money too on yeah, always, betting. That's always good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the draft lottery because Pacers right now are slotted at thirteenth best odds. Yes, they are. So uh let's see the best odds in order i have houston this is from one to 14 this is the lot the lottery is the bottom 14 teams in the draft they go through the lottery it used to be ping pong balls i don't exactly know how it works anymore i hope you can explain it it is ping pong balls oh okay so we have 
Houston, Detroit, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Cleveland, Minnesota, Toronto, which Minnesota has a clause if they're not top three in the draft, then Golden State gets their pick. Toronto at seven, Chicago at eight. They have a clause that Orlando gets their pick. I don't exactly know how that works out um, yet. Um, Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, San Antonio, Indiana at 13, and then Golden State Warriors at 14. So, Jeremy. Yes. The Pacers right now have a 4.8% chance to make it into the top four. Yeah. And they have a 1% chance to get the number one overall pick. Well, do you want those numbers fully broken down? Uh, Sure. They have a 1.7% chance at four, 1.5% chance at three, 1.3% chance for two, and 1.2% chance for one. Okay. They have 0% chance for five through 12. <laughs> 92% chance for 13 and 2.3% chance for 14. So we're looking at 14. <laughs> if I know the NBA. Well, here, here's what you want. We're all Pacers fans. So what we want to happen is they say 14, it's not us. And then they say 13 and it's not us. And that means we're a top four pick. So that's all we're hoping for. Just hope as if they don't call our names in the first two times, we're top four, and we're feeling real good. And it's not like it's a one in a million chance. This is a – we got a 5% chance here. This is yeah. a one in 20. This is about as – well, just slightly under. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, man, the number one overall pick would be so sweet, Jeremy. So what I did is I pulled up tankathon.com, and we can simulate the draft lottery. Yep. And I'm going to do it 10 times. Is that good, or should we do 14 since there's 14 lottery teams? Uh, sure, go for 14. So I'll, I'll read – this who, makes for really good podcasting because they can see it. Well, I'll 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 explain it all as we go. Um, Maybe just to make it quick, just say the the number one pick and our pick. Okay, that's I wasn't going to read them all. That'd yeah. be a lot. We're already pretty deep I was, in this podcast. I was kind, I was kind of worried you were going to read them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so number one, Orlando's number one, Pacers number thirteen. All right, number two, Detroit number one, Pacers number thirteen. Thirteen. Number three, San Antonio number one, Pacers number 13. 13. So San Antonio moved up to one. They moved up 11 spots to yeah. that pick. Wow. So, so, so there you go. It can happen. There's hope. Okay, number four, Houston up or Houston's one, Pacers number 13. Number five, Houston one, Pacers 13. Number <laughs> six, Detroit one, Pacers 13. Seven, Pelicans one, Pacers 13. Pelicans moved up nine spots to get that pick. Yep. Which one's this? Number eight? Yeah. Detroit one, Pacers 13. Number nine, Chicago one, Pacers 13. <laughs> this is riveting. Number 10, Pacers or Orlando one. No, not Pacers one. Orlando one, Pacers 13. Number 11, Minnesota one, Pacers 13. So Minnesota would keep their pick in this. Yep. Uh, number 12, Minnesota one, Pacers 13. Number 13, Chicago one, Pacers 13. All right. And number 14, Cleveland one, Pacers 13. <laughs> So, we well, just ran through it 14 times. And what this shows you is how, with the new lottery rules, just how different the first pick can be. Yeah. But if you're towards the back end, you're probably going to get your spot. I'm sure they factored in, you know, like how much the Pacers have been victimized over the years, the years <laughs> by the NBA. I'm sure that is all in the, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, like the the mainframe and logistics oh, yeah, and for sure. how all the <laughs> 1001 stuff works. But I don't know anything about code <laughs> well but i'm sure they put something in there that says pacers can't move up well again it's literally just 
ping pong balls in a machine that shoots them out. So Look, Kevin gonna- Pritchard, if you're listening, if you don't freeze a ping pong ball and somehow make a deal with Adam Silver, like get blackmail on him or something, man. Well, Just no, help us out here. So the ping pong balls, they're all sorted by the accounting company who then puts the names in the envelope. So you got to freeze the envelopes. Okay. So you, you have to convince some accountants who are getting paid a whole lot of money to do this. Those are the guys you got to sway. Do whatever you have to do. Blackmail. <laughs> Hold a hostage. And despite what Jack's saying, we, we don't <laughs> condone this at all here at All Pacers, and we don't want any cheating going on in the lottery. Well, unless it's us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who do you think the Pacers are going to send? Do you think they're going to send a player, a former player? Who's yeah, I think I, I'm just it's it's going to be Reggie or me. It's one of us. It's me or Reggie. I was leaning Reggie too. Uh, I could see Miles Turner going, but you could see me, right? No, you could see me going. Don't no, not think? really. <laughs> uh, I don't think Miles will go. I think it might be two-time All-Star Demonis Sabonis. Sabonis could go. Um, you know, oh, he's having a busy off-season. T.J. McConnell might go. That'd be fun, but he's a free agent too, so I don't know. That's true. That's true. So I doubt it. Oh, O'Shea Brissett's going for <laughs> O'Shea sure. Brissett, also a free agent, right? Or no, no, we have him for next year. We have him. It's going. His contract will be guaranteed. No, no. If even if, even if he's a free agent, we got him. <laughs> we got him. Man, uh, I'm gonna go one more time. Fifteen. Okay, hang on. Sixteen. <gasps> Pacers third on the sixteenth try. We got Pacers we third. Go. Well, do it. Finish it out. Go seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Seventeen. 18, 19, 20, still 13. Well, there, no, there you go. Like you said, 1 in 20. 1 in 20. We got to get the third pick. It happened 1 in 20. Dude, my hopes my hopes are really high <laughs> after that, which is stupid. Your what, hopes are always really high, and it's always stupid. I'm, dude, I'm, I will not have any fingernails left on lottery night. And our lottery night will last all of four minutes because <laughs> we'll hear our name picked at 13 yeah. or 14. So. We'll see, man. And the lottery is, uh, according to this, 12 days, 23 hours, 10 minutes, and 16 seconds away. And for those of you that aren't great at math, that's June 22nd. Yes. And who knows when this podcast gets posted, too. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever you're listening, June 22nd. Um, Jeremy, we thought this was going to be a quick podcast. We're actually really deep into this. Do you want to close it out? Yeah. Did you have any final thoughts? Man, uh, I feel like we've covered all of it. I'm excited to hear who the next head coach is going to be. If you're listening right now and you have someone that you're really interested in being the next head coach, let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter. We'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, we read a whole lot of names in the middle of this, and I hope you made it through all that. (laughs) A lot of names. There's probably 20, 25. Yeah, and if we didn't mention the one you want, I'm kind of surprised and really want to know who it is. Yeah, because there's really no names left in the world. In the world, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for us here at All Pacers. Please go follow us on Instagram at all.pacers or on Twitter at all underscore pacers. And come back soon. We'll have more content coming for you. Quick shout out, Metal World Peace. We see you. We know you want to be the next head coach. We didn't even talk about it. But, hey, All Pacers has your back. See ya. Peace out. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.